edition of the Severe and May Hangout, our podcast even. My name is Sean G, and, and with me is not Andrew McGann, it's Jeremy Bonner. Jeremy, how are you? I'm good. I, I, I get this notice five minutes ago that Andrew's too much of a prima donna to come on the show. So here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm sporting my St. Patrick's Athletic Dublin Sweet. kit just for this. I am an honorary Irishman at this point. So I, uh, yeah, stepping in to help out when Andrew, because he can't be bothered to do this. So here I am. Of course. What, what did you think of Damien Duff signing for your arch rivals, um, Shamrock Rovers, instead of St. Pat's? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what anything that you just said, I what, sure what any of that means. So. Do you not know Damien Duff? He used to play for Chelsea. He was really good. No, 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 I do not. I don't, I, I don't keep up. I'm, I'm, I'm just barely keeping up with Everton this summer with everything that's going on at the UFC. I still haven't recovered from last week. So, Shamey, Shamey Coleman, Shamey Coleman is ours. It's just a matter of yeah, time. Yeah, you keep saying that, but like then year after year, it never happens. And we just end up keeping him and you guys sign somebody to replace him that's not as good. But that's, that's okay. You keep thinking that. He's coming. He's coming. Okay. We'll get into UFC 189. You were there. We'll start from the start. Okay. We'll start from the press conference on the, was it the Windsor? Um, there was no stare downs at the press conference. I think they did that on purpose. I think I think Dana White wasn't there, and he said he didn't want to do it while he wasn't there. Do you think that's a good idea? And do you think it's the thing that they'll keep doing going forward? Yeah, I can actually tell you that. Uh, well, I mean, Dave Schaller actually took credit for that. I don't know if that's what actually happened, but uh, Dana wasn't going to be there, and you know, Schaller probably being terrified that something was going to happen and he was going to get thrown through a backdrop again, uh, told Dana, "Why don't we just hold up the the." Uh, face-offs until tomorrow and so that's what they did and man i'll tell you what i actually at first i was like well this is kind of weird and then i started thinking about it and i'm like you know this is kind of cool they're building anticipation for the first time these two guys face off because we've seen aldo and connor face off 28 million times so that there's no specialness but chad and connor had not faced off and i was like well that's actually pretty cool and i think it did build up for those weigh-ins yeah i agree i at the time i wasn't the biggest fan of it but kind of when the when the way in start or the, when the way in started and when the stare down came, like it it did make it more special. Like the one we had the one stare down like before the fight, and um, obviously we can get to the wins. So was it the biggest wins in UFC history? Were you you were there at UFC one forty eight as well with with Silvasan? And what did you think was? Do you think it was bigger? Yeah, it was bigger. I mean, even if the people, the amount of people in the arena weren't bigger, and I do believe that they were. But I talked to Scott Gertner, who was a uh, director of public relations for MGM Properties, and they they had turnstiles, so they know exactly how many people there were. I don't think I've ever seen turnstiles at a weigh-in before. Um, I don't know if they were just trying to break the record uh, or if they just kind of wanted to get a good gauge. But even if they didn't have turnstiles, uh, the people that work at MGM can can eyeball the arena, uh, the way it's set up, and see how many seats there are, and kind of give you a pretty good estimate. Because uh, I mean, you know me, man. I like anytime the UFC says something like that, I'm automatically skeptical. That's my job. I'm supposed to be skeptical. Yeah. Um, and so I checked with him, and he's like, "Yeah, there actually were. You know, I think that 11,600 uh, was the actual number, which just blows my mind." Um, but even if it was the same amount of people, Sean, like it, it the Silva Sun and Wayne was big, and it felt big, and it was electric. But it's just a different level. Like I mean, I have never seen anything like this Wayne. There were Irish people, like taking off their clothes and dancing. And there were, I, I mean, like, I, I'm not kidding at all. There was one guy who, if security hadn't got to him, was probably going to be completely naked dancing with the Irish flag at the very <laughs> top of the arena. Like, the, And I'm looking around, and there's just people taking off their clothes and throwing beer. And I, I've never seen anything like it. Of course, I say that. I say I've never seen anything like it. But then the fight, fight night happened, and, and it was even crazier. Yeah. How many drunk Irish people did you see going around Las Vegas just out of their 
all of them. All of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> I'm sure you followed me. I mean, I'm sure you saw the pictures that I was yeah. posting on Instagram. I mean, there was. It started when we obviously they were drunk before the wins, but we, Dwayne Finley and I, my my colleague and I were leaving the wins, and we walked out, and there's a dude passed out face down in the grass <laughs> outside of the area, and I'm like, well, he had a good time, and then we get over to Hooters because they have cheap cold beer, so we go there, and uh, that was kind of our hangout. I met up with PT and Andrew there. Andrew doesn't drink because he's a wanker, but I met up with. Yeah, total, total prick. Like, met up with Pizzi. Pizzi obviously drinks quite well. So I'm hanging out, and, like, there's a dude just passed out in a chair, asleep, wearing a Conor McGregor Reebok <laughs> jersey, like, with his mouth open and legs hanging off the chair. And I was like, that guy had the best time. And, dude, he slept. I am not shitting you, Sean. He slept for four and a half hours in that chair. And then he woke up, right as rain, and he went straight into the bar and started drinking again. Like, it was amazing. It was amazing. That's what you call a good Irishman. He's a it real, was. he's a true real Irish man. Yeah, it was incredible, man. I mean, it, it, it continued through the weekend. Obviously, I mean, uh, one of the craziest things that I, I saw is like after the fight, we walk out and everybody's singing Ole Ole. There's only one Conor. They're, they're singing all their songs. And then they get this little kid, this little kid who, I mean, I don't know if they even knew who he was, but then they pick him up and they start throwing him in the air to each other. They're like throwing this kid around in the air while they're singing. Uh, it was it was one hell of a week. That's the best way to put it. And then it all got to the fight night. The, the entrances from where I was sitting there, when I obviously I was at home, I wasn't at the fights. I didn't really like them that much. Sinead O'Connor was good because like the foggy Jew was kind of, I'm a big fan of traditional Irish music and stuff. And if fucking, if you were up there singing the foggy Jew, I probably would have liked it. it was I, just, I guarantee you, you would, you would love it. <laughs> I'd love it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was kind of special, but if it was Rihanna, say if I know they were planning, well, the rumor was, anyway, you probably tell us if it's true or not, they were planning Rihanna for Jose Aldo. If Rihanna had been there as well, I think then it kind of would have been special for even people sitting at home. But when this country guy came out, like, I have no idea who he is. Like, You know just, who he is. You've heard of Stained. He's not a country guy. Like, he's just, you've heard of, you remember that band, Stained, no. from the 90s and early, never heard of him? No. It's S-T-A-N-D. S T A I N D, like they're dropping an E in there. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, songs? Yeah, terrible, terrible heavy metal band back in the 90s that sings songs that Dana White would really love, let me tell you. Like they're right up his alley. I yes, should tell you how shitty they are. <laughs> and I guess he is doing like a country cover uh, version. I, I mean, man, to me, like I, I thought both of them were perfect because this felt like a huge moment in the arena. And they kind of had like these minor key, like, low-key depressing dirge songs that really yeah. it made it was like both of them came out to the undertaker's interest music like they were both very slow very kind of depressing and it really in the arena helped build up the moment Sinead o'connor was awesome um you know i was worried that she was going to fall off of that little platform because they yeah. put her 35 feet up in the air but luckily she was actually tied in i didn't see that until after uh, and then i mean i had no idea aaron lewis was gonna was gonna sing and i mean it, it was cool the rihanna thing I mean, I don't have contacts with Rihanna. I don't actually even know who that is, really. I know that she makes music. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really keep up with that stuff. So, like, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I guess if Dana says it's true, maybe it's true yeah. for once. Um, so I'm living Pizzi. I mean, Pizzi said it. Pizzi yeah, said I mean, it's I, true. I, so if it's I, true. I, then if if Pizzi is a fine gentleman and a scholar, so if he says it's true, then it's clearly true. Definitely. Um, yeah. There was a lot of talk about McGregor and how he looked before the fight. Um, he looked like a corpse at the yeah. 
at the, I didn't think he looked as bad at the wins as he did in previous wins, but I thought he looked bad just before the fight. Like, not really nervous, but very white and very frail and kind of... I don't know, there was just something about him. It, it wasn't it wasn't nervous, but if it was someone else, you might have said they were nervous the way he looked. Like when he was standing in the middle of the octagon with the hands out, he was just like... He was like a fucking zombie or something, and I suppose it didn't play into it, but... Do you think he can keep making the cut? Like I've argued with Andrew a lot before. I think he's going to stay at one forty-five as you know, as long as they can keep him there. But like we talk about it with Cyborg an awful lot, how like it's tough for her to make the cut. McGregor makes the cut, like, but I think it's maybe a similar cut to what she makes because he's so big. How long do you think he can actually stay at one forty-five? I don't know, man. I'll tell you what. At the weigh-ins, I don't know how it came across on the broadcast, but in person, seeing him in person, and I got the chance to see him fairly up close um, before he actually weighed. He looked gray. Like he had, his skin was actually gray and it was actually, I mean, you could look at him and be like, oh my God, are you okay? Like he, it, he looked very, very bad before the weigh-in. And so, I mean, I know it was a difficult cut. Um, I'm sure the knee injury, which, you know, everybody knew about is the, the worst kept secret in the world, but I'm sure the knee, you know, that didn't, that didn't help matters when he's trying to cut weight. Uh, he looked terrible, but I mean, the, the night of the fight, I kind of took it differently. I mean, I, I think he, the man has so much charisma. Um, you know, when he's walking backstage and they show him and he's looking straight at the camera and then he smiles that crazy smile and then he comes out and he turns around and points to Sinead. And then when he, when they introduce him and he, he came out and he spread his arms around, he's looking around. I mean, like to me, that's a man that has charisma. I, he didn't look scared one iota. Whereas I do think Chad Mendes actually looked a little bit frightened. I think the moment had gotten to him where all the pressure was on Connor. Connor had built this up. I mean, he put himself in a corner here. Um, through the all those stuff, through the Mendez stuff, he put himself in a corner. I think he dealt with it very, uh, very well. Whereas Chad looked like, I mean, Chad was like, "Oh my God, I'm in the biggest fight, one of the biggest fights in UFC history." I'm not going to say the biggest; that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of the biggest fights in UFC history, and I, I think that the pressure of that moment was getting to him, and uh, I don't think it got to Connor the way it did to him. Yeah, I, after the fight as well, and I suppose we'll actually get, we'll get to the fight in a second, but. Like the way Mendes spoke after the fight was a bit weird. He was like, "I'm, I was kind of, I was glad to be here and I'm glad to be part of the biggest occasion in UFC history." Is like, it was a bit weird. Like I thought, I always think when I think of Mendes, I kind of think of an absolute winner. Like, and especially after that first Aldo fight when he lost, like the way he came back, like he hated the way he lost and he came back in. I suppose after the Aldo fight, he was maybe a bit, a bit similar. He was like, he took the loss pretty well and stuff. But I know I found it a bit weird. Um, I didn't think he looked that nervous. I thought he looked okay, especially watching it back again. It's it's hard to tell, really. I don't I don't usually play too much into that, but once the fight got going, um, it, it was a different story. The first round, how did you score it live, and did you change your mind watching it back, or what, what are your no, thoughts on it now? I mean, it was clear ten nine for for Chad. I thought. I mean, you know, Connor came out <laughs> running across the cage and throwing that spinning back kick, and you know, gets taken down immediately. He, and he got up, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, the way that Chad was able to take him down and just keep him there, I mean, I, I think it was pretty clear that, you know, Chad won the first round. I, I don't think it's debatable. And, you know, I mean, even even going into the second round, I mean, he was he was well on his way until he made that, you know, that critical mistake that, that let Chad get up. But I do think that, you know, one of the interesting things that I didn't notice in the arena, because I'm trying to pay attention to all the drunk Irish people. I'm trying to pay attention to all the drunk Americans who are watching the drunk Irish. There was, there was so much going on, Sean, that, like, it was just such a visceral experience being there that, I mean, and the nerves of the moment. I mean, I spent three months working on a story about this dude and like, you know, essentially signing him, 
pure, pure crap, right? Yeah, it's the worst story ever. Like selling this dude is like a guy who could legitimately be the biggest star, one of the biggest stars in UFC history. And I'm like, here he is, and he's getting taken down, and this guy is just going to ride him for five rounds. I'm like, it, it, there was a whole lot going on in that moment, and and I didn't notice this, the little things that McGregor did, the little the little push kicks to the the stomach, like that he hit him with like three or four shots in the stomach, and and when I went back and watched it, and I've gone back to see this fight, I've probably seen it 10 times at this point because I just can't stop watching the entire card. I think it's phenomenal. And I've never done that with a UFC event. I usually don't go back and watch it for fun. And with this one, I can't stop. But like, I'm noticing all the times that he, that he kicked him in the stomach, even if it was just a little push or just a little kick. And I mean, all that stuff really made Chad tired. You know, I mean, obviously the two-week camp made Chad tired too. But I mean, I, I, he did little things before he was taken down that played into the execution, the finish of the fight. And that I didn't notice live. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of pure scoring, I mean, I think you have to go with Chad. I think the first round was a lot closer than I thought it was initially. Like, as you said there, I was the exact same as you basically watching the fight. You are kind of taken away by the wrestling of Mendez. Like, watching back, he didn't maybe dominate as much as I thought he did in the first round. Um, McGregor had, like, three and a half minutes, maybe, of dominance in that first round. Absolutely just killing him to the body, rocked him once on the feet or maybe twice. Mendez landed maybe two shots on the feet, two big hard shots in fairness, which weren't bad. Two takedowns. He got up from one. The last one was like 30 seconds long and he, he landed one big elbow. So I think it's actually a lot closer than, you know, I I scored a 10-9 as well to Mendez and I prob- I'd probably stick with that because of, I don't know, just because of the wrestling and... Uh, I think it's it's usually it's usually that's usually the way fights are scored, even though I maybe not I mightn't agree with it all the time. But yeah, that's uh, I think it was. I, but I think McGregor, what McGregor did was he really he set out his style from the start, as you said there, the way he attacked the body, those kicks, those front kicks to the body at the very start were just unbelievable. Like people were talking about uh, Mendez's gas tank and like he was gassed after fifty seconds because he two weeks of training. Okay, it played a part. But yeah. Chad Mendes could go in there with two minutes of training and he wouldn't gas after 50 seconds. McGregor made him gas that quick. And, yeah. like, there's there's no doubt about it. Like, how, Chad Mendes could sprint full on for two minutes and he's not going to, like, he's not going to gas. He, right. He's a great athlete. Like, what, yeah, what do you think about that? Because I know people might think I'm a little bit biased, but I think that's a, that's a big talking point coming out of it. Yeah, I mean, he, like I was saying, I mean, that Connor. Uh, there was a reason Chad gas. It's, it's not because he was hunting or whatever when they when they found him for which he was when they found him for this fight. Um, you know, he it's because Connor made him gas. He targeted that stomach and and for all the nonsense about how SBG. I mean, I get it. They don't train for opponents and for styles, but they clearly that was clearly a game plan. Yeah. It was clearly a game plan. Like you know, they talk about not having game plan. That's all a bunch of bullshit. That was actually. I mean, that was a brilliant game plan. Came in there and. Straight to the summit, straight to the summit. You know, made Chad tired. Uh, it was very smart on their part. Yeah, I think I spoke about it in the last podcast, podcast there, which Andrew fucking ruined because Scotland is terrible and he is terrible he's and he's a terrible person. Yeah, he's, he's a awful, awful, terrible person. Um, yeah. I remember McGregor was saying, especially said it in the Irish um, uh, press conference, and I'm sure he said it in the other place as well, but it was Aldo, but I think he said the same thing with McGregor or Amendez that, He's gonna f- have him finished with four minutes gone in the fight, and it'll just be a matter of time after that. And I think, like you know, he's kind of Mystic Mac. He calls himself. I think he was right because there was a shot that landed with one minute and twenty eight seconds left in the first round, 
and like it's not a shot you might see when you watch it the first time or the second time but like as you say you watch it 10 times i've probably watched it 20 times at this stage i just keep watching yeah. over and over he landed a, it was they were kind of they were kind of slipping and ripping we saw a lot of it with brad pickett and uh and uh almeida in the pocket and mcgregor just ripped this left hook right to the body of mendez and he just stopped and he just stood there and he's like i'm fucked i he just I, yeah. I can't do anything and he dived on a takedown and it was a good takedown and all, like it was kind of like wonder boy on sunday as well when he got hit and he dove on the takedown you had to bring up wonder boy of course oh, my, he's just the best best one in the world yeah. but anyway <laughs> he took him down and he stayed and like that helped him recover and i think that's why he got into the second round if he hadn't have gotten that takedown i think it would have been over in the first round but yeah um mendez is like <sighs> A lot of people said that there was a couple of people said he kind of gave up near the end. What what do you think about that? Like, was it just he was he made give up, or did he did he uh, did he go down a little bit too early? No, I think he was the way I look at it, and from talking to people who were close to him over the past couple of days, he was exhausted and he had essentially one chance. Uh, to try to finish the fight, so he went for that guillotine, and uh, you know, and, and failed. Um, I think he knew that if he didn't get something soon, that he was going to get starched. You know, I mean, he would never admit that, but I think he knew uh, he didn't have anything left. He could come back out for the third, and maybe shoot for another takedown. wasn't going to be able to keep it. Was probably going to get knocked out pretty soon. So I think he went for it. You know, I mean, he look, man, you got to give credit to Chad Mendes for accepting that fight. I mean, I, Jesus, like, I, I don't know if the fight would be different on. Eight weeks, ten weeks camp. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think Conor McGregor is that good. It's like I said after the fight. Conor, this guy is the truth. He's the real deal. You know, I don't know if it would be different. Um, he clearly has some holes that he needs to shore up in his, especially in his bottom game when he's on his back, uh, rather than just waiting for the ref to stand you up. Um, but I mean, look, in terms of striking, uh, in terms of confidence, in terms of just sheer presence and able to do what he wants, and I mean, dude, that forward pressure, like I, it's. How can you do anything when your back's against the cage? And it's not just your back. He doesn't keep you like – a lot of fighters will push you outside the little octagon in the middle where they have all their horrible unprofessional advertisements uh, right outside that little octagon, you know? And like NASCAR they let him sit there. NASCAR look. Yeah, exactly. Um, Connor keeps you further back. He pushes you against the cage, and you just can't do anything. And Chad, I mean, what's Chad going to do when he's, his back's against the cage? I mean, you can't, you can't do anything. I, I think – I think the the way that fight finished was more Conor McGregor and less Chad Mendes not having a good camp. For first thing, the McGregor's McGregor's injury. We we know about it now. John Kavanaugh said it yesterday in the MMA hour that he couldn't train all through his whole camp. Uh, he didn't do one round of wrestling his whole camp. He was only a hundred percent two weeks out, and he's he said he's a hundred he was a hundred percent gone into the fight, but that he couldn't train. So, like, I, I said it to Andrew as well in the last podcast that, I don't know if I mentioned it, he ruined it because he's terrible internet, that... Um, terrible person also. Terrible, awful person. That awful. it was kind of... Both guys' camps were ruined. McGregor's by injury and obviously Mendes by coming in late. How much do we look... First of all, what, what about the injury? How much do you think it affected him? And, like, can we look at this fight as, like, a clear indication who, of who'd win a fight normally between the two of them? Uh, to answer the first question, I mean, look, the injury was bad. I mean, I, 
I remember talking with you guys, what was it, two months ago when I first heard about it, I think is when I first started yeah. asking if you guys knew anything about it. And then, you know, I, when I was working on the story, you know, the, the people around him did confirm that he did have a knee injury. He was getting treatment on it, uh, you know, wasn't going to be 100%. Um, you know, he couldn't, couldn't wrestle. I mean, in the time that I was around, I'd never saw him once wrestle, you know. And, I mean, I've heard that he had some pretty bad issues with it at times where he would collapse and he would buckle. And so, look, I mean, we all knew it was, you know, it was kind of one of the worst kept secrets in the sport going in. Yeah. Um, whether it was 100% by fight time, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Uh, I, but I don't think that the way this fight goes, I don't know. I don't know that a second fight between the two would look the same. I yeah. mean, it might. You know, if Connor has a... Connor can train takedown defense and wrestling for the next five years, and he's not going to catch up with Chad Mendez. Look, we all know that. You know, Chad Mendez is one of the best wrestlers in the sport, period. Um, but I don't, I mean, again, I think Chad Mendez could train striking for the next five or 10 years and not catch up to Connor McGregor. So I think that what you're going to end up seeing when these two rematch, and it will happen down the line, it's going to, you know, unless one of them departs the weight class, it's going to happen. I, I think you're going to see a lot of the same. I mean, I think that Chad might be able to hold him down for longer, and maybe you'll see a finish in the fourth or fifth round instead of the second round. But I think it's probably going to look the same. And if I had to pick right now, I'd pick Conor McGregor. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, especially in the point about Mendes. Like, we did the preview before, and we all kind of said that Mendes was going to take him down at some stage. Like, uh, I've used the analogy a couple of times now. It's like going into a match against Barcelona and expecting Messi not to score. Like right. that's such a huge part of the game. It's going to happen. Like we min we know McGregor isn't the best wrestler in the world. And even if he was Mendes, it'd still have a chance of taking him down. Like so right. but I think the gap between Mendez's wrestling and McGregor's wrestling and Mendez's striking and McGregor's striking, I think the striking gap is actually bigger. And yeah, makes bigger. makes more of a difference. McGregor called like I said it before, McGregor called him a novice. And that's a bit unfair because Mendes is a pretty good striker. His boxing is is good against yeah. most people. He's good overhand right, good uppercuts. McGregor did look. McGregor made him look like less than a novice, to be honest. He just absolutely ruined him on the feet. And then I think a second fight. I think it'll maybe not. Yeah, as you said, it might might go a bit differently. But I think McGregor to win again. Um, that leads us to the, the wrestler question. I think we we've pretty much answered it there. Like he can get taken down, but I think. It was more the adver an adversity question or an elite fighter question that he had to answer rather than a wrestler question. I think he's answered that. Um, looking ahead, uh, we, we'll talk about tough in a second, but Aldo, now the match is coming up. <laughs> Second of June, January, maybe. Um, yeah. Do you think he's... Where have you gone from before the fight until now with how you think how well he'll do against Aldo? I, my opinion hadn't changed. I still think he beats Aldo. I, I thought that before the fight. Um, maybe doubly so now. You know, unless Aldo, I mean, Aldo, what people don't realize, and I'm sure you know this, it, it, Aldo has one of the best top games on the ground in, in the entire sport. We just never see it because he prefers to stand up striking. If he prefers to stand up striking against Conor McGregor, he's probably going to get knocked out. You know, and that's just the plain truth. He is a phenomenal striker. Uh, but man, God, every time I see that, I mean, he's finished three dudes in the UFC with, the, it's like his finisher. It's like a WWE finisher, that left straight <laughs> yeah. uh, against the cage. And then they just fall against the cage. It happens every time. Like, I mean, that punch right there is a game changer, even against Aldo. And look, man, Chad Mendes has the shortest arms that you will ever see on a 145 pound man. I mean, and he's like a team he been, <laughs> and he has been able to touch up Jose Aldo a lot. Um, 
unless Aldo wrestles him and grapples him, I think he's going to get knocked out in short order. I don't think you see the fight lasting more than two rounds. Yeah, I agree. Before, I was thinking about picking Aldo. Like we, we had talked about it before. I was, I, I was kind of struggling with my pick, but... Yeah, because you were terrified about getting murdered by your country. <laughs> get lynched, get lynched. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, before, my thinking about Aldo was... Against against guys like no disrespect to Poirier and Brandon and guys like that, but they couldn't push McGregor back. And if you can't push him back, he will push you back. And that was my thinking. If if Aldo could push him back, I think he probably could have beaten him. But the way he pushed Mendes back and he kept pushing him back and didn't give him one or two opportunities in the whole fight to go forward. If he does that, Aldo, he you can't fuck with McGregor striking. Look, we talk about Aldo striking. We've talked about it for years. We. Like especially that last fight against Mendez, when he got to the pound for pound number one after John Jones uh, had his little incident. Little incident. <laughs> no, nice way of putting it. I pray for that poor pregnant woman. Uh, <laughs> I think Aldo got a lot of plaudits, but I I honestly think McGregor is a better striker than him, both technically and with his power as well. Like Aldo's, Aldo, you like he used to be a devastating power puncher and like. Remember his um, knock, double fucking knee knockout of Cub Swanson, plenty yeah. more knockouts in the WEC and stuff. But at this stage in their careers, I think McGregor's game is just on another level to anyone in the world at, at that division, to be honest. And I, I think he's so big, he hits so hard. I, I don't give Aldo a chance against him. I think McGregor will knock him out. I agree. I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. That, you know, I mean, I like my idea. I mean, I, I'm 99% certain. If Aldo heals up, that fight's going to happen January 2nd. So all of the Irish fans can start making their contingency plans to get don't over here it. again and don't invade Vegas, <laughs> Vegas again. <laughs> yeah, invade Vegas again, dude. Like, cause I, I think it's going to happen that day. My idea, I mean, I know you saw my idea. My idea is you put Rousey on there, get some scrub, and then you put CM Punk, and then I think you have a fight card that breaks UFC 100's record. I really do. Fedor and Brock, Dallas, Texas Stadium. That'd be a good one. How about, <laughs> how about CM Punk versus Pendred? How about that? Who'd win that? Who'd win that at this stage? At this point, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't uh, know. I, I think Pendred a bad display, but I think I think he'd beat him. It's hard to know how CM Punk is going to look like. What, really okay, we, we'll talk about that. We'll we'll get back to McGregor in a second. What do you think they're going to do with CM Punk? Like, have you any idea? Have you heard any rumblings or anything? I mean, I, I I've talked to his coaches and some training partners who when he started at Duke Rufus thought that he was the worst at everything that they've ever seen. Um, like jujitsu, horrible wrestling, horrible striking, horrible. But since then, man, the guy moved to Milwaukee and he was taking two private lessons a day, plus a pro practice, two private lessons with Duke Rufus a day, plus a pro practice six days a week. And look, if you can't get, I mean, look, I mean, I feel like I could go in there if I had that much hands-on expensive. No, no I couldn't. That's true. Else. Somebody else, an athlete, <laughs> An athlete could go in there, and CM Punk is an athlete. He, you know, he wasn't. He was a performer, but he's also an athlete. You have to be an athlete to do what he does, regardless of if it's fake, whatever. You still have to be an athlete. Um, if he can't at least be good enough to beat some of these horrible fucking scrubs that fight on Fight Pass that you and I see from time to time, like mm -hmm. after a year of training six days a week with Duke Rufus, then the jig is up, dude. I will tell you that I think that it's not a money grab. I get in arguments with Graham all the time. Like, he's like, he's like, he's never going to fight. He's never going to fight. And I'm like, dude, he's going to fight. If he wasn't, if it was a money grab, he would have fought in July. He would have already fought. He would have fought one time. He'd be done. 
They wouldn't be taking all this time for him to train and get better. I think he's going to debut, and I think depending on who they match him with, I think he'll probably win one or two fights. Because, again, I've seen some absolutely horrendous fighters on Fight Pass and even on the prelims the other night. I'm not going to mention any names. Some <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible fighters who, you know, in the welterweight division, maybe I'll give them a chance against. What what I think they should do is they should get some, like, 2-0 XFC fighter, put him into the newest um, season of Tough, bring him out of that. Oh, he's a tough fighter. He's coming in. He's 2-0. and all. He got the shit beat yeah. out of him in Tough by real fighters. Let me put him in against CM Punk, yeah. Speaking yeah. of Tough, McGregor and... Who the fuck? Uriah Faber. Yeah, yeah, who the fuck? Oh, oh. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think you were talking about it to someone on, on Twitter the other day about his McGregor's um, oh, sword overexposure. But, like, yeah. is he really going to be? Is it going to be overexposure? Like, he's not going to be on TV for two months, and even then, is anyone going to watch it? No, and that's a good point. I mean, like, it's, it's actually, it's almost like they're kind of hiding him away because yeah. he's not the ultimate fighter. So nobody's actually going to watch that. Dude, I haven't watched that show in three years. Like, I, I, I just can't stand it. I think it's lame. You know, I mean, I just, I haven't enjoyed it in a long time. You know, and so maybe the 250,000 people that watch it every week will think he's overexposed. And that, you know, it's a very valid point. Nobody watches the show anyway. To me, looking at it, I mean, he's back at the Mac Mansion. He's staying in Vegas. He hasn't been to Dublin in almost a year. Like, he's been to Dublin for the World Tour. He hasn't been there for any lengthy amount of time. I mean, I think the guy is essentially a Vegas resident, and this was a way to keep him here. Maybe they're paying for the rent at the Mac Mansion uh, until the Aldo fight. You know, it's a way for him to, to stay here and keep living the life that he's, that he's been living since January, essentially. Um, yeah. Like, what do you think about the idea of him not fighting at the end of it? Like, this this matchup is kind of it's weird like i know i don't care i really don't care like i I, you know and what's interesting is i had heard that you know probably four or five days before that if if they four or five days before i'd heard that if connor lost he would he would coach the ultimate fighter against faber and he would fight him at the end he would fight him at the end of the show Uh, and obviously that changed and i think the original plan was it was if uh if chad or if connor beaten Aldo in the original fight, then he would coach the ultimate fighter against Chad. So clearly, I mean, it was Connor or bust on the ultimate fighter. He was the guy that they wanted. Um, the fact that they're not fighting at the end, I mean, you know, your eye favor. Look, this guy goes out and he wins one fight. He'll get a title shot. Immediately. Right, so. That's just, that's how it happens. Like he'll get a title shot. Um, so I think you'll end up probably seeing him fight, you know, provided he beats Aldo and then perhaps Frankie Edgar at Croke Park. I think you'll probably see him fight you know, Faber at some point next year. Yeah, get him in, get Faber in to fight Dominic Cruz again. I wonder how long Dominic Cruz is going to be out for. Probably another eight years, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seeing as this is an Irish MMA podcast. Um, I'm Irish. So it's yeah, okay. you're, you're Irish, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before that, before that, Rory and Robbie. Is oh, that the man. most... Okay, I'll, I'll have my say on this first. From watching at home, I don't think it was the best fight ever. To be honest, it was undoubtedly the fight of the year. There, there hasn't really been that many great fights this year, but there have been a few. I think that was the best. <laughs> like a couple more from the night as well could be uh, up for the best fight of the year. I think it was kind of a slow burner, and I think it's one of those fights where when you watch it live, it just gets better and better and better and escalates and comes to a crescendo. And maybe watching it back, it mightn't be as good. I haven't actually watched it back yet because it's, I don't know, those kind of violent fights. I'm not the biggest fan of watching them back. I like watching them live, but I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a pussy. Like, but uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> being there live to watch that, 
like was it did you feel like it was a majestic meeting of athletes or did you feel like this is fucking gladiator shit no this was gladiator shit dude that fight took a lot out of all of us that were there i mean it was interesting because coming off of jeremy stevens and dennis bermudez which was also a fight of the year contender i mean i'm sitting there talking to dave Meltzer, you know and i'm like man this is this fight is insane and then the first round of Rory and Robbie sucked ass. It really did. It was boring. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. It's going to be what I expected. Rory's going to get a five-round decision. You know, this is, this is what the Red King does. He goes out and he, you know, just rides out a jab and rides up, you know, and takes you down. And I thought that's what we were going to see. And then it just started changing. And, dude, by the end of that fourth round when they just stopped and mean-mugged each other and stared at each other, like, bleeding everywhere, I – by that point, I felt like not only was Rory McDonald going to be different, Robbie Lawler was going to be – because clearly you can't go through a fight like that and not be changed forever. You just cannot. You know, and I think Rory's going to come back and he's going to be a much more popular fighter, but I also think he had two years taken off of his lifespan during that night. And it was, it was brutal. And, like, by the end, you know, I mean, we're sitting there and we know that, like, they're all going through – I mean, Robbie and Rory are going through one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. I mean, like, Robbie's lip – Looks like he's got a vagina growing out of the middle of it. Like it, it was horrendous. But like, it felt like you were watching a crime. It really did. It really did. To those of us in the arena, I mean, it was just. I was like, I mean, when he, when when Rory actually got Robbie up against the cage and was just beating the shit out of him at the end of the the set, what third round, second round, third round, beating the shit out of him. And like, I was worried that blood was going to fly down and land on me. I'm like, this this is going to be terrible. I'm going to throw up on fucking pay per view. Like, I don't. This is going to be horrible. Like, blood's going to land on me. I'm going to throw up. Um, and at the end of that fourth round when they were mean mugging, I turned to, to Dave, I had Dave Meltzer here and Sean Alshadi over here from MMAfighting.com. And I was like, man, have you guys just like, you ever experienced anything like this? And we were both, we were all just like, I don't even know what to say. Like it was, I'm agree, I agree with you that it was not the best technical fight of all time. Uh, however, I do think it was one of the very best championship fights ever. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's probably a top five fight. It's easily top five fights that I've ever seen live um, in terms of the, the way it made you feel afterwards uh, for Rory McDonald. I, I can't think of any, any other fight that came close to it. Yeah. Undoubtedly. I think it was probably top 10, top five best fights ever. Oh, there yeah. I think like at the end, it was kind of like what happened watching it all. was like, what the fuck just happened to him? Like the shot that hit him wasn't exactly like a knockout blow. If that had happened in the first round, like he would have just walked through it. But it was yeah. actually like he had been hit so much and he had been hurt so much that he was actually like on the edge of a cliff and like yeah. he could have been hit with a pillow and that would have knocked him out <laughs> at that stage like yeah. so broken and yeah I, I thought when it when it originally landed i mean even and even watching the replays i thought that it, it, that it broke his orbital bone because it looked yeah. like it landed kind of like right in the middle and i guess it just landed enough on his nose that it had already been so destroyed and vanquished that like there was just, his body just I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that. Where I mean, we've seen guys go out from a shot to the chin, but like, never when you've just taken so much, so much of a brutal beating and your body just shuts down. Like I've never seen somebody grab their face and just sit down like that. Like that, and he couldn't help it, obviously, because this guy is one of the toughest bastards that I've ever seen in my life. And we didn't know that going in. Like we, you know, kind of the 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 way that people thought about him is that he that he didn't want to take damage. That he that he kind of fought like GSP, like a GSP junior. And now we know that this guy. Uh, seems to enjoy, obviously, I mean, we know he enjoys a little bit of crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, your tweet about waking him up out of his coffin made me actually laugh on press row. Like, that was <laughs> that was golden. So we know he's a little bit 
out there, but we didn't yeah. know that. I mean, like, and I don't even want to call him a warrior because I think that does him disservice because we always call these guys warriors. Uh, I would just call him a man of uh, perhaps unparalleled proportions. He's he's so tough. Yeah, and you kind of feel bad for him now at this stage as well because, like, he spent so many years in the shadows of GSP and, like, waiting for his opportunity. And now he's the guy whose champion has beaten him twice, and he's kind of he'll probably have to wait for his opportunity again. I know he'll be out for a long time, but yeah. kind of feel bad for him. And like Rory, what is he, twenty seven or something? But he's not a young, yeah, yeah but he, he's not a young man for that. Like he made his debut at a uh, fifteen, 18 or yeah. yeah. His UFC debut was what nineteen, I think, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, in and in MMA as well, like it's it's more about the miles you have in your clock rather than the age up in the calendar. So um, Right, and he put a 1,000 miles on his body in one fight. Like, yeah. more miles than that fight than he put on any fight prior, I think. Yeah, it could be a tough rollback. Hopefully, yeah. he'll, be, he'll be back. Who do you think is next for Rory? Well, you kind of probably know who's next. probably Johnny, but do you think Johnny should be next or do you think he should be someone else? I don't, man. I Honestly, I don't want to see that fight again. Like, I, I, I want to – I really don't have no interest. I know that their first two were, like, considered classics. Like, I, I just don't – I don't have any interest. I'd rather see Tyron Woodley fight Johnny Hendricks, you know, and then, you know, see what happens after that. Give Rory some time off to let his face heal. I mean, and then, I mean, not Rory, Robbie. Let let Robbie have some time off, let his face heal, and, you know, let those two fight it out in, in Houston since Johnny's in, you know, Texan kind of, sort of. Like, yeah. let them fight it out and then bring them back at the end of the year. Give Robbie some time off. I think they need to do some Chris Carriasso matchmaking here. That's what I think. I, th- I think they need to pluck someone out of midair, like a Condit or a, a Wanderboy, maybe. P- pluck him out there. There we go. Five, five fights in a row. Bring him in there. I knew you were going with that. I knew, I knew you were going somewhere. You were going somewhere. <laughs> Dude, Condit, I'll be honest with you. Condit and Lawler gives me funny feelings in my pants. Mm. Like, that's a, that's a great fight. Wonderboy. pants. I know. Well, when I'm wearing pants, we know that. <laughs> but like, I mean, I I get that you like really, really, really love Wonder Boy, but I mean, I'd like to see him fight one more time. I mean, yeah, I, I really am a huge fan of the idea of Wonder Boy and Gunnar Nelson in Dublin. I'm mm. really, I think that's a great fight. That has to happen. Okay, before we get to the, apparently there's fights tonight. Um, yeah, in I, 25 minutes. Really? Oh shit. Okay, yeah. we finished it up. So, uh, <laughs> shortly. What do you think of the two Irish guys, Siri and Pindred? Oh, how impressed were you or not impressed? Um, to be honest, not impressed at all with, with Pindred. You know, I mean, I, I, I've seen him at times where I'm like, all right, that, you know, there's some interesting things there. This fight, he looked absolutely terrible. You know? And I mean, I, I know that maybe Irish people will hate me. Actually, no, they probably won't because every Irish person I've talked to does not think he's all that great of a fighter. Um, I don't... You know, I mean, I've heard people say that he might be the worst fighter in the UFC. I think that's uh, award has to go to CM Punk at this point, obviously. But you know, <laughs> we can't say that. But like, you know, not impressed. Now Neil Siri, I mean, can I, first of all, I don't even know how how old is that guy. Can you? One hundred and seven, I think. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's about one hundred and seven. He looks like he might have fought in World War One, and yet he goes out there. I mean, that dude, that guy has got some heart. I was real impressed with him. You know, I mean. Uh, Real impressed with the way he went out there and just and just battled. I can see why I can see why Pete's so in love with him and wants to marry him and have his, mm-hmm. his kids. Like he, babies. you know, babies. Yeah, he's. Um, I was impressed. You know, I mean, do I think he's ever gonna contend for a title? No, clearly not. But uh, dare you? I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I just probably broke Pete's heart, but like I, I don't think he'll ever contend for a title. But man, I, I tell you what, I will enjoy watching that guy fight every time he fights. Pendred, 
I will not enjoy watching it every time the fights. That, I mean, we knew going in, I'm sure you knew going in that that fight was going to be absolutely horrendous. Like, I mean, John Howard is one of the most boring fighters on the entire roster that they have. And Pendred is quickly working his way up those ranks. So, uh, yeah, not a good fight. Not a good fight. I think you need to do one of two things with Pendred, right? You need to give him someone just coming into the UFC who's like a good but maybe you need to like give him a big step up or something give him a brandon thatch and see see where he's at like you hate him or something what do you do to you you have to do what are you gonna do with him like you can't keep giving him these i don't know like you have to find out something about him sooner or later i think these I don't know, these matches, matchups that he's got, he's kind of had excuse. I'm not, they're not excuses, but like reasons for looking bad before. Like this one, I don't think he had one. It was just kind of, it was very, I'm sure he's very disappointed. Like he doesn't me, need me to tell him, but I picked John Howard to win this fight and I think he won it the way I thought he was going to win it. Like he's just faster hands and um, I don't know. He, he, like, I don't think he was ever, Cahill was going to threaten with many takedowns against him. And when he doesn't do that, I don't think he has much of a chance to win. Um, do you think he should go to middleweight, or is, will it make a difference? I don't think so, man. Yeah. I don't okay. think so. I mean, I, I, I don't. I, I mean, you know, four and one. I, I think that he probably has earned at least one more fight at welterweight before they, before they force him to go up or down. You know, yeah. um, usually they don't. It takes a while before they force you to go up or down. Um, you know, guys like Gray Maynard, for example, who's going down to one forty-five for his next fight. Like I, I. I Guys like him who have lost a bunch of fights in a row. Yeah, Frank Yeager looked like a world-class striker. Right. Like, I mean, guys like that who have kind of experienced a fall. Like, you know, it takes that point. And look, he's lost one fight, and it was a terrible fight, and it was really boring, and I hated myself for watching it at the time. But, yeah. again, one fight, John Howard's a strong veteran. Um, if you say nothing else about John Howard, you can say he's a, he's, you know, he is a strong veteran, knows how to win fights. Um, so, I mean, I think you give him one more shot at, at 170. Definitely. I, I think he'll be fine there. Okay, the fight tonight, Mir versus Duffy. Is there any other uh, Josh Thompson and Tony Ferguson's on this as well? Yeah. How would you see? That's not a, like a bad uh, main event, co-main event. How would you see these fights going? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? What? Um, I put no thought into this because I wasn't covering the card. I didn't do a preview, so I literally have no idea. Who's you're, being super, you're just so lazy right now. Yeah. <laughs> you're so lazy. I, uh, I tell you what, I, Josh Thompson, Ter- Tony Ferguson, under normal circumstances, I would think that's probably a pretty good fight. But however, Josh Thompson just does not give a shit what happens tonight. Um, doesn't care at all. He, he is out of the UFC after this fight, win or lose. I don't know if you saw I tweeted that. Uh, this is going to be his last fight in the UFC. Um, He's regardless. He's another one of the AKA guys going to Bellator, so is he? Or is yeah. he? I mean, it, oh. Bellator or even 1FC. I don't know how well it's known out there, but oh, yeah. 1FC actually pays him like as a vice president, kind of like he's, Rich Franklin. He's a commentator as well, isn't he? Yeah. So, like, you know, perhaps he ends up in 1FC. But regardless, he has been very outspoken, and I, I tell you, he is done after tonight. And I don't think he cares. And actually, I've, had, I've heard him talking to people where um, – he just essentially hasn't trained very much for this fight because he wants to prove a point. Of I'm sorts. to put a lot of money on Josh Thompson here. You're fucking convincing <laughs> me now. Or the other guy. Who's he fighting? Tony, Tony Ferguson. Yeah, like I, I just, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think he cares. I think he's fighting out this, writing out this last fight on his contract and he's going to Bellator or somewhere else, you know, if he, if he fights again. Uh, as far as the main event, I mean, it's two giant heavyweights. I can tell you that Frank Mir, um, 
I go to a regular gym here called Lifetime Fitness. It's a you know standard Globo gym type place. And I, I have seen Frank Mir until last week. Frank Mir has been in that gym with me every single day um, running on a treadmill. So I don't know where he's training. Like, I don't know where he trained for the fight, where if he did much fight training. I know his cardio is up to speed. Um, but, I, you know, I just don't know. Uh, but, again, Todd Duffy is a dude who hits like a truck. Frank hits like a truck. They're both giant men. You know, who knows? Um, I think Frank is a guy who, if he loses here, you might see him in Bellator, you know, at some point. I, I really do. Jesus. It'd be weird seeing Frank Mir in Bellator, wouldn't it? I, it would, I think, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think Duffy will, I think Duffy should knock him out. Like, Frank Mir's it's kind of weird. How long is it since Junior Dos Santos knocked him out? It looked like he like he knocked him just like out of out of the UFC, but he's managed made to stick him, around. Yeah, it looked like he made him dead. Frank yeah. Frank has nine lives, man. Just when you think that he's he's done, he wins a fight. And then so the cycle starts over and he can lose four or five in a row just because he's been around for so long. No harm in that. Okay. We'll and so anyone wondering, we'll answer the questions next week when Andrew comes back. We'll most of them about fucking McGregor and Aldo anyway, so that'll still be in the psyche. There you go. Um Two more things before we go. Uh, we leave the big one to last. Glasgow this weekend. Uh, Bisping and Lettuce, who do you think? Who are you picking on that one? Lettuce. Me too. I think he's going to knock him out. I think he's going to be too. overhand, right hand. Um, Bisping has taken a lot of damage recently, and I think uh, it might tell. Three Irish yeah, guys yeah. Three Irish guys fighting as well. Paul Redmond against Robert Whiteford. I think Paul Redmond is going to get a submission there. Joseph Duffy is fighting uh, Ivan George. I think that's a good matchup for him. He's Joseph a huge Duffy, the second, the second biggest Irish superstar, Joseph Duffy. Joseph Duffy's good. Though. Are you impressed? Have you impressed? Yeah. Are you impressed with him? Yeah, I am, man. And I, I would be lying if I didn't say that. I mean, if I said that, I hope he didn't keep winning and somehow they build up to a McGregor fight. I think that'd be pretty entertaining. Good. I'm not sure about if he's going to move down to 45 or he might, he might as well just stay at 55. McGregor might be there soon enough. He'll but, be there. He'll be there soon. I mean, I think Conor McGregor should he win the title and defend it. I think he has two or three title defenses, and then he's going up. He's got to. He's so big. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If he if he keeps the title, imagine this. I was thinking about it today. I was in the car driving around, and imagine if somehow Cerrone won the title at lightweight, and McGregor had the title at featherweight. Imagine that as a super fight. That'd just be Jesus. I'd love to see Dude, that. I would have no pants going at that. No, at all. I think no pants. Totally naked. Totally. <laughs> totally no pants or shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Paddy Hoolan is always fighting this weekend. Obviously, he's the third Irish fighter. He's fighting Von Lee. Von Lee's a kind of a. Uh, to be honest, I thought he wasn't in the UFC anymore until he got this match. But <laughs> <laughs> he's he's an awkward matchup, maybe for Paddy. Yeah. Is he fighting? Yeah, he is fighting Von Lee. Um, yeah. What do you think of Paddy Hoolan? Do you think he's going to be a guy that just hangs around, or is he going to be up towards the title shot sooner? What do you think? I hope that he sticks around and I hope he works his way up because he's just super entertaining. I love that guy. I mean, I've had limited experience with him and he's super entertaining. Um, so I hope I wish Patty will land the well, but the most, I, I wish him well. I wish him, I wish him a good career and I hope he sticks around because he's, he's great. I think all three Irish lads are going to win this weekend. Reds are going to get an old toe hole there. He's, uh, he's, uh, did you see what Red Did you see what uh, Whiteford said today during the media day? Yeah, Andrew actually sent it to me. I've just came home from work before I did this podcast. Poor Andrew fucked it up, and I <laughs> get you on what, what did he say? He what said, uh, "Fuck Conor McGregor." Is what he said. How dare he? He's How dare he? He's not the first <laughs> one to say that. <laughs> right. Seems okay. to work out for others who say it. So. <laughs> Last thing, Fedor is coming back. 
Have you any have you any inside information for us? You're all you know you're the man in the know now. You're with Brock was coming when he was coming back and stuff and the talks about Fedor. Where's Fedor gonna go? Is it hundred percent Bellator or the UFC gonna throw their hat in? I, I think he's gonna end up in the UFC. And oh really? I really do. I really do. Um, you know, and I don't have a lot of inside information. I know that I know the UFC is aware of him coming back and I know they're interested in talking to him and I think perhaps those talks might even be taking place a little bit today. Um, I think you're going to see him come back in short order. And, you know, look, I mean, I, we've had our hearts broken a thousand times over yeah. this guy coming to the UFC. And so I don't want to get my hopes up, but you know I mean? And obviously clearly Scott Coker and Bellator, you know, that's, that's a good fit for him. Uh, Fedor versus Kimbo. Like I would watch that. I would absolutely watch that. Would absolutely watch that. You can sit there and shake your head, I'd but watch it like of, it. you would watch it. Like it, and it'd be amazing. It'd be horrible. It'd be amazing. But people talk about, you know, it, him wanting to go in and maybe fight Randy Couture, play like 500 year old Randy Couture, but like Randy Couture still has a fight contract with the UFC. You know, yeah. he, he's not going to fight in Bellator. That's not a thing that's going to happen. So I think that end of the day, I think the UFC can pay him the most money. Um, I think that's why he's coming back possibly because he needs money and I think they can pay him the most. And I think you'll see him end up there. I mean, I, I don't know for sure. Uh, I think you'll see him end up there and I sure would like to see it. Me too. That, uh, that just about the money. People speak an awful lot about Viacom, like saying they have a lot of it comes from Dana White saying they have the five billion dollars in cash and all. How much money will Viacom actually put out the Bellator? Do you think if if there was like a bid up there for Brock or for Fedor, do you think they can go toe to toe with the UFC or the UFC going to beat them if they want to? I think that they can. Uh, in my oh, discussion, will, will they maybe as as well as the will they? I don't know. I mean, I think they are wanting to build something that competes with the UFC and and if Brock Lesnar had actually gone into true free agency, I think you would have seen them. I mean, I, I talked to Viacom execs on a fairly regular basis back then, and, and they all told me that they would pay what it took to bring Brock in. So I think you would have seen them um, because Brock, Fedor and Brock are not the same. You know, I mean, Fedor, we all love Fedor. Hardcore MMA fans love Fedor. He's not the same as Brock Lesnar in terms of drawing attention. You know, I think they would have paid whatever it took to get Brock Lesnar. I don't think they would pay whatever it takes to get Fedor. Fedor's first uh, fight in the UFC, would you think it would be? You give him a title shot. We're doing no, I wouldn't give him a title shot, but I would probably put him against Cain Velasquez, somebody like that. I was I thinking mean, as a Mark Hunt, maybe? Yeah, I mean, Mark Hunt, Cain Velasquez, you know, somebody. I mean, Dan Henderson. Who knows, oh, man? I like that. You know? That's, like they're, that's a good rematch. He's got a few rematches that he could, yeah. you know, avenge losses. You could do a whole tour of losses, you know, to guys, guys that he lost. You're getting excited to. now. You're getting me excited. Right? Yeah. Breaking news, Fedor back in the UFC, Jeremy Bottom. Even, that's, not I, that's not what I said. You're <laughs> not what I said. <laughs> Bloody elbow, I'll have an article up by the time, by the time we're finished here. No, no joke. <laughs> okay. Thanks very much for um, coming on here. Any, any for, saving your, for saving your ass. Save your ass. Fuck Andrew McGahan. Terrible uh, person. What's the next event you're going to? Where will you be next? Um, I think... I'm probably not going to go to one until September, the next UFC 191 here. And yeah, uh, someone asked about that. Is there any word on what the main event is going to be? Or I was told they're announcing the main event tonight during the fight. So we'll okay. see. Okay. I just have a sneaking suspicion it's either going to be a flyweight title fight or it's going to be uh, perhaps a heavyweight fight. Steve Miocic kind of uh, tweeted earlier about how he, he gets to get back to punching people in the face now. So I don't know if he's, he's hinting at something or what, but we'll yeah. find out. I know exactly. Um, okay, thanks everyone for listening. Follow Jeremy over on Twitter. What is it at Jeremy Botter? Yeah, 
I'm at Sean Sheehan Ba. You can find me on severeandme.com. Uh, other places you can find Jeremy over in CNN Bleacher Report. How yeah. did that McGregor story do? How many people read it? Was it was it a, all yeah, it, was, it was a lot. It was probably half a million, roughly. So yeah, pretty good. That's, pretty good deal. That's good. Um, yeah. Hard work pays off, as they say. So it does. I'm happy for you, even though it was fucking pure and utter crap. You're pure crap too. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks Jeremy again, and we'll see you all next week.